welcome to Urbane Legends, the podcast about urban legends and how to act in a courteous and refined manner, but much less about that. Here's your hosts, Neil and Chris. Hello and welcome to Urbane Legends, podcast about urban legends and sadly still slightly about etiquette, although that's running its course. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Chris Flynn, and I was raised by the ancient order of the deep sea nuns, who have for centuries bringing salvation to the seabed. And with me today is grumpy hat maker, Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How's your hat? I prefer Grumpy Milliner, by the way. Pardon? Respect. I prefer Grumpy Milliner. Milliner, is that what it's called? Yeah. What kind of uh, hats are you working on at the moment? Are they um, for anyone in particular or just to adorn your shop? Say shop, stall. The world's tiniest hat. It's uh, eight atoms. (laughs) Eight atoms. Just to show that I can, really. Oh, that sounds good. So you can only see that under a microscope, a very powerful yes, one. Scanning electron microscope to. Uh, did you um? Did you want to tell the listeners some of the famous people that you've made hats for? I know that um, Prince you yeah. made his uh, his Prince, purple top his, hat, his, his final hat, his final hat. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it the Mercury in the hat made that him made him go mad? Well, you tell me I, what the customer asks for, the customer gets. Oh. Excellent customer service, sir. No wonder your business uh, is doing well. Um, yeah, who else? Gold. Um, there is... Um, I think I'm going to go for Princess Diana, but uh, no, that's, <laughs> would, have been, would have been a few too many years ago. Um, Jeff Capes? Did you make his hats? Yeah, yeah. he had a, a tamashanta. Really massive tamashanta. Yeah, really massive tamashanta. Yeah, we had to... Which uh, could double up if you turned it over as a kayak. Yeah, it could be a coracle or a tent or, uh, you know... Very nice. You could make a boat out of it, but um, otherwise, yeah, you could, most people could sleep in it, but it just, you know... Jamie Thiegson, I hear you make his hats for him. Sort of yeah, he likes one of those ones with the little straps. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't fall off. The ones with the, uh, the little tassels. Oh, nice. So... So, like, warming your ears kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I heard that you... Jason Statham, he obviously likes to have a nice uh, bowler hat. Made, his head made out of leather and steel. <laughs> yeah. A lot of rivets put into that. <laughs> and we obviously put a razor under the rim in case he wants to do an odd job. Right. Very good. He is a, he's a very he's a very tough uh, synchronised eye for that guy, isn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I heard recently that you've been working with Peter Andre on a collection of hats for millets. Is that true? Outdoor hats? I'm not at liberty to discuss. Oh, has he made you sign a non-disclosure? <laughs> I can't, I can't. But I'll let, Can you tell us anything about, about the range? So outdoorsy, uh, I'd imagine, it's, if it's millets. It's the mysterious scale range, obviously. <laughs> Not, not mostly, uh, not the ins- not the insania range that comes later. <laughs> ah, yeah, we're going, going back to the originals, um, or the original 90s origins of Mr. Andre. 
So it's going to have kind of a, a tropical 90s it's feel be, you know, mixed with breezy, marine vibe. Mi- mixed yeah. with camping. Yeah. That sounds lovely, Neil. And, and abs. Abs. Which you bring to the show because he hasn't got them anymore, has he? And oh, you've got you've got an eight pack, I believe. Eight pack or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so etiquette, Neil. This week we're going across the pond to uh, the United States of America, which mm. is we are two countries, of course, separated <laughs> by a common language. Oh, good. I'm sure you broke. <laughs> Oh, uh, right. So, this is from EnglishClass101.com. So, here's something. Here's, here's sightseeing, Neil. If you're in America, you want to go and see some sights, don't you? Of course you do. That's what I bought my camera out for. Yep. That's why I went on holiday. Your sketchbook. Yep. Uh, your selfie stick. Selfie stick all there, yep. So sightseeing. So here's a so the way this uh, is laid out is you've got do and then don't. So I'll tell you okay. what to do. Well, that's handy. And then things what not to do. do. Things I shouldn't do. Yeah, that's handy. So for, so do you should pay what is expected of you. <laughs> not ha- not haggle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, right. fair enough. Um, many sightseeing areas in the United States require that you pay a certain amount to enter. Where are these people coming from? Uh, who's this aimed at? <laughs> I can, I can, to be honest with you, I can imagine it's like you've seen some of the shenanigans. I don't know if you've seen any of these town halls they have in America. Yeah, some of the absolute swamp people who infest this. Like, there's this one recently. I think this is for foreign people. Mask mandates. Oh, this is like if you come to America. Yeah, yeah well, who knows? I guess. Yeah, maybe some people do come and try and haggle. They like haggling in a lot of the world, don't they? I hate it. Mm. No, I can't be bothered. It's just, uh, just tell me how much it is, then I'll decide if I want it or not. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so this is especially true of national parks, museums, and even small-scale parks and trails. If there is no one actively working to receive your payment, you may be tempted just to not pay. Right, this is where it's going. So it's um, an honour system. And if you're yeah. not American, you don't know the first damn thing about honour. <laughs> Um, but That's this is poor practice. Not only is it rude, but you may have your car towed and be expected <laughs> to pay a fine if you're caught, which will cost way more than the entrance fee. Paying the fee is definitely the best way to go. You know, yeah, I, I think it's best of luck, right anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. So what you shouldn't do, don't, Neil. Right. You shouldn't so do pay for the museum you're entering. Fair enough. That's <laughs> Yep. Fairly obvious, I thought. But you've, yeah. got, you've written that down? Yeah. Good. You shouldn't wander off any place that is labelled off-limits or disobey postings, signs or warnings. Often places you're not allowed to wander to will be indicated with a sign saying, prohibited. Hang on a minute, I've just paid... I've just paid I've a fucking light, mate. <laughs> I, I own it now, basically. I rented it for the afternoon. You will get in trouble, possibly with the law... If you don't heed these signs, this is called trespassing, <laughs> and something that American something that Americans as well. You trespassing, boy? What are you doing trespassing? Land of the free. Yeah, got a lot of rules, isn't there? Other common signs you should watch 
Uh, no walking on the grass. Keep off whatever. <laughs> me. <laughs> don't yes. touch. Tread on me. Me. And don't feed. Me. So there we go. That's some uh, some tips for you there. Look, the, the don't feed is good advice because the amount of people who go out and feed pigeons and things, I don't no. get that. So? It's going to shit everywhere. Dude. I don't know things coming Why in not? Shit. What are you so scared of, Freud? <laughs> um, <laughs> I like pigeons. Whatever. I think pigeons... Yeah, I think, I think pigeons are lovely. I get annoyed when people complain about seagulls because at the end of the day, we live on their land. Like, this is their natural habitat just because we've decided to plonk a fucking town here. I haven't got a problem with na- nature. No, just I'm just, um, dead. I don't, don't need to encourage them. No, I just don't need to encourage them. I don't need to encourage nature. Pigeons aren't going short of a bit of food, are they? They need to be feeding Some are bright. Bright. Anyway. I've got um, a lovely picture, like most people from the South have in the who were born in the 80s, of me with loads of pigeons on me in Trafalgar Square. It's a lovely picture. That was a very exciting experience. And now, because of Boris's Britain and people like you backing up the Tory government, we can't have pictures with right. kids having fun with pigeons anymore. This country coming is sterile. It's a sterile mess. No wonder, like, the fucking COVID got everywhere. It's because none of us have got any resistance to viruses anymore because we're not kicking around with pigeons enough. I mean, I do live in a you bubble. Well, literally a bubble. The film Bubble yeah. Boy was about you, wasn't yeah. it? Yes, it was. Um, so, Neil, here's some do's and don'ts for greeting people in America. So you don't. This is starting with a don't. And I don't, yeah, mm. this is this is good for me because, as you know, I am very, very tactile. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're all right. You're in a bubble. So you claim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't hug and kiss someone the first time you meet them. While it's commonplace in many countries... People in the United States tend to shrug away from physical contact on first meeting. It's usually best to offer a handshake instead if it seems appropriate. Also, be sure not to crowd in too close to meeting someone. Most Americans really want their space. In short, keep hugging, kissing and closeness to friends or family members. It's reasonable to me. I mean, do have the whole thing like, I remember when I lived in France, you did a sort of like kiss on the cheek thing. Still, what's weird actually as well, um, you know, France, every time you go to work, you'd meet people, you'd shake their hand again like you're meeting them for the first really? time. Not That's actually. weird, yeah. Should have just yeah. done fist bumps. What's up, man? Uh, so here's a do you know, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. Here's a do that said, you should smile and give your name. <laughs> Many Americans are drawn to people with a cheery disposition. God, so weird. And, of course, they would love to know your name. This is considered pretty standard form of greeting without a handshake, depending on the situation. Hi, I'm Chris. How's that? Hi, I'm Chris. Thanks. Well, if I was Californian, I'd yeah. probably be all over that. So here's a don't, because there's a couple on this one, and then another do, and then we're done. I don't want to overload you with information. 
No, we get, we're getting close <laughs> to that already. If you end up chatting with someone you've just met, you shouldn't bring up personal details unless the other person brings up the topic. Many Americans get uncomfortable when people start giving them details about their lives. Oh, I've got terrible piles. <laughs> Further, it's sometimes considered rude or unbecoming to ask details about their lives. How are your piles? <laughs> I no, assume you've got them, judging by your face. Um, especially if it's the first time meeting. Keep the conversation simple and light until the other person is ready to break the ice. But if you're both waiting, then stand Mexican standoff, ice breaking. Then begin talking about personal details. Um yeah, I mean, it just sounds like it's a lot of smiling, saying your name, and then small talk, which sounds shit. I mean, to be honest with you, it's kind of like, um, I think if, if you just, it, it depends on what we're talking about here, what the social scenario is, because it, you know, if bowling. you're just meeting somebody, yeah. If you're bowling. Yeah. And it also, what do we mean by personal? I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, you, you wouldn't suddenly start getting into your third divorce or whatever. No, if you had a drink. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, is it night down the pub? Is they it, don't really um, have nights down the pub, do they, in the way that we do? Well, no, well, like down the bar. I don't know. The cheers. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't real. Warm and get, not telling any troubles. No. <laughs> I believe there is a bar. Yeah, the, I mean, the outside of the bar I exists, think, I think but... They don't really have uh, a yeah, yeah. pub culture in the same way, I don't think. Not as Unless you're in a biking game or you work in the docks or something like that. Yeah, no, it's not. The outside oh. His. No, yeah. They've got bars. They've got yeah, bars, there's bars. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. don't know. I'm, I'm saying that having not been not, to America, not, but I don't think. They have the similar pub culture because people say going to America is weird because if people say, Do you want to go for a beer? They literally mean one beer and then they go home. And that's kind of the subtext with that in British is get pissed together, <laughs> basically. Um, so here's a do, Neil. So, you know, just to raise your spirits. In many cases, you should ask for their phone number or social media. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris. Can I have your number? <laughs> if you've decided that the person okay. you met is a keeper, that's very weird, and someone you want to keep talking to in the future, go ahead and ask for this information. More likely than not, they'll be glad to give you their number or social media, and especially true for business environments, where it's a good idea to have your colleagues' contact info anyway. Do you have lots of people who you work with, mm-hmm. personal numbers? I don't mean people who have been friends um, with for years. I mean, no, no. I mean, well, no. Actually, I've, like my team. Is that so they can call got, in sick? Um, they've got my mobile. I've got those. Any phone calls I get, yeah, or texts, I should say. But yeah, um, no, not loads. I mean, some and some. Um, yeah, it's kind of like because again, it's sort of like there's people you might go out for a, a drink with or whatever. Um, so you might swap yeah. numbers and stuff, but. But you wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do it as like a routine. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't bother me too much. My, my mobile numbers are on the company internet. So if you really I mean, there's to, also the fact that you maybe have your phone 5% of the month because you constantly lose it. <laughs> have you found it yet? It's not. Uh, no, currently, currently, the numbers How are you losing? You, like you live in a one bedroom flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, know. <laughs> you managed to drop it outside the bubble. 
very, very disorganised. Um, okay, so Neil, there you go. Do you feel uh, like you are in much better shape now if you go to America? Yeah, I feel like I could, you know, really, really get get myself over and not not embarrass myself in ways that would have done. Because I, I would have just been sort of like hugging and kissing everyone and starting revealing intimate details. About <laughs> just put your arms around someone, start kissing on the forehead and yeah. talking about your family. Yeah. <laughs> right, crying. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been going around. I mean, it seemed like such a gregarious brunch. I thought they'd be up for it. Well, there's false gregarity, isn't there? have a nice day and stuff I don't know do they mean it I don't know who knows who can say fascinating creatures though (laughs) Uh, so Neil this week we are going to be looking at something which I uh, have discovered which uh, is an advert which was briefly shown in Japan uh, and apparently it's cursed, and it's the curse of the uh, Japanese Kleenex commercial. Uh, that started <laughs> promisingly, but uh, that cursed, yeah. cursed Japanese video, I mean, I think I'm obviously yeah, going to jump straight to the staple, isn't it? Was that Japanese or Korean? I think it's Korean, wasn't it? Or was it Japanese? Oh, now... Now you're nice. talking about language. Yeah, I think it was... I think okay. it was Japanese, but not one hundred percent sure on that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Japanese. Yeah, I'm sure, I think it was a Japanese novelist. Oh, okay, the original story, um, and then turned it into a film. I'm pretty sure um, Ringu, but uh, yeah, the, um, and I was. It's, that's, yeah, got that yeah. big creepy scene where. Yeah, I, see. Yeah, I'd, I'd be. I, I have actually watched the video, but yeah, I must confess is that having watched the ring, there is that free song where it makes me wonder if somebody's going to come crawling. Oh, really? <laughs> Not really, but actually, no. There is. Um, there was a few years back. There was this YouTube video of a guy who actually, and he must be like, mm. I mean, oh, what hilarious prankster! But he did a um, right. a prank for his girlfriend. And um, so did, like, the, the ring thing, he actually constructed like a whole puppetry thing <laughs> of this thing came crawling out of the TV. <laughs> he put the fucking thing on YouTube, and it, I imagined like she must have dumped him by now because basically she's off screaming her head off as you would, because that would even if like in your yeah. logical mind you kind of like that would terrify something suddenly come out of the TV, and then he sort of turns the lights on and goes over and sort of unless you're super cool like that kid who's also in a YouTube video who's like in secondary school or high school in America, and I think it's Halloween, and someone goes, bah, and jumps out of a bin at him, and his instant reaction is he just knocks the person's spark out, like within a second, he just goes, bang! <laughs> like, as soon as someone jumps, he goes, bang! Knocks the person out. I mean, that guy's, I mean, that guy's got you know, both enough, yeah. uh, amazing reactions and like, a proper... I mean, he could have been Glaswegian. I mean, he was that. He had that much of a fight response rather than flight. <laughs> hey, fair enough. I mean, the thing is that that's somebody no, both from jumping out behind a bin. Like, do you just... know what I mean? Which a takes no effort. Oh right, but, no, but no, it no. takes no effort. But, um, really, no, I mean that would be scary. Oh yeah, but to actually hook up, hooking up like a fucking hole, like mechanism to make something crawl out your TV. I mean, the amount of prep work. I like the ones where they bit. dress a dog up as a big spider. And get it to run at people. That's always good fun. 
people shit themselves <laughs> because they could just like just for a second because all you can see is this eight legged thing sprinting at you. Yeah, you I'd be worried that someone would yeah. kill the dog. Personally, I I wouldn't put a dog in. But yeah, yeah it would be. Well, I'll one of my favourite uh, prank that somebody played on me down the level. I'll tell you what, I jumped. Uh, they launched a firework at me, and then <laughs> thought it was funny when I ducked. And it's like, yeah. what when was this? <laughs> I'm just going to go like, I'll just let it. Oh, God, this was this was a good few years ago. We were walking down the level, probably 10 years ago, mate. But, um, yeah. Before it had been sort of refurbed a bit. But, um, yeah, basically it's just kids out on, it must have been around fireworks night, but they just thought it would be a hilarious prank to launch yeah. fireworks at people. And it's like, oh, you're scared of fireworks. It's like, no, I ducked out of the way because you launched a fucking firework out. Little yeah, guy. it's stupid. I mean, to be honest, that's, yeah. I, I probably I won't go back to Lewis fireworks display, which is like this, for anyone who doesn't know, Lewis is the county town of Sussex, um, and it's kind of about 10 miles north of Brighton where we live. And they have the biggest sort of Mm. fireworks display in Europe, I think. And it's it's really historical, and they have like different fireworks societies that march around the town with burning torches and stuff. And it's really kind of spectacular and kind of, weirdy medieval kind of stuff because it's a medieval town um and so i went there with the ex and we kind of had a wander around and stuff right just because she hadn't been mm. but then by the time you get to about 11 things have started to kind of fall apart a bit and everyone's absolutely hammered and kids are just chucking yeah. fireworks around the street and it's not that much fun <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just like yeah this isn't very enjoyable um because just piss people with gunpowder it's not not brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they haven't learned the right lessons from Guy Fawkes there, have they? Considering how much they bang on about it all these years later. because um, yeah, I mean that would have gone back to presumably what was that? Yeah, James James the second. But they always burn so like one that. thing um, they all have the, all the different fireworks societies have a big bonfire in different parts of the town and they burn effigies on yeah. there and there's always like the Pope and stuff because uh that Well that's the thing is, yeah, as a as a lapsed Catholic, I always find it slightly unsettling that they Yeah, but they also happy. burn like Trump and stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, I know. They they have they always they have an effigy every year. I mean the it is very anti Catholic quite I mean <laughs> normally yeah, no, I mean, and, and that is that is you know to be, I said to be fair, yeah, these are the origins of the festival it's because of the you know the blowing up um, or the attempt the attempt to blow up the house. Guido Fawkes by um, by yeah, Guido Fawkes and gang. Um, but uh, yeah, like I say, it's still in this day and age, it still feels. It's just a bit of fun though, isn't it? For people now, it's not like they don't actually they don't actually want to. It's a bit of fun, yeah, and obviously they're not they're not. No, they're not. They're not actually seriously sort of advocating that kind of thing. Of course, they're not. It's just it's just part of the sort of historical story thing. So yeah, I'm not saying I find it offensive or anything. Just it's all still slightly, um, you know, there's a slight era of that kind of thing. But um, but having said that, yeah, they, I think I mean not so much in the main one, but there are. So that's the that's the kind of like yeah. one that they do in Lewis. It's they had them all over. over. I mean, they had it in. They had one. They had one. Yeah, they had tiny little societies all over. the yeah, oh, okay. so in Seaford as well, did they? But it was in, in, but in other parts of Lewis, and I'm getting out in the more rural areas as well. Somebody's saying, I can't remember Upper where Dickens. it was. Um, but they, somebody <laughs> That's went, an actual village, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got loads of silly names there. Um, 
but yeah, but um, someone I used to work with, he went, he went along to one of the kind of like really kind of obscure little societies. And it's, I think, I can't remember, but they got in trouble a few years back. They, the, what they decided to put as their sort of bonfire for that night was a mm. gypsy caravan, which, mm, not, yeah, not so, not so great, you know. Um, well, these, these so, kind yeah, of fireworks kind of, things, they're quite, correct. yeah, they're quite, quite they're, terrifying. they're popular around the countryside in this part of the world, really, aren't they? They seem to be. Yeah, it's just who they choose to burn in the effigies. And as you say, normally it'll be something Someone like... Someone who's been a bit of a shit the last year, basically. Yeah, exactly. You know, kind of like, you know... they'll, they'll, they'll Bin Laden, they did. On them or something or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and you kind of think, well, fair enough. It's just a bit of fun. But, uh, yeah, in some of the smaller villages, it's a bit more... Uh, <laughs> a bit more wicker man, and it's kind of like... A, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit more... Near <laughs> to the old Some of the effigies that they're choosing um, Yeah. Well, there we go. You know, old habits, old habits. There you go. Yeah, no, I've it's one of those things where I live so close, but I've mm. never actually gone to the Lewis. We can go this year if you want. One of those things because people come from Maybe. all around. See how we go. Yeah, I had to, I had uh, yeah. roasted chestnuts for the first time there. They're all right. Yeah, yeah nice. Got, yeah, got the so the uh, cursed Kleenex advert. So what I'll do, I mean, you can look this up. Anyone who wants to, it's everywhere. But I will describe, dare you watch it. Dare you if watch you're, it. Oh, well, we'll get into what might happen to you in a bit. I've watched it. At the moment, I'm okay. But I have got uh, mental health professionals on speed dial. Not to do with this, just generally. But it's nice yeah. to know they're there. So it is a, a woman in sort of a white dress um, and a, a sort of baby... Uh, they're sitting on straw uh, with a Kleenex box between them. The baby has is um, painted orange and has a, like a cabbage, reddish orange with a cabbage Red, leaf orange, on the top of its head, with a horn sticking out the top of that for whatever reason. And uh, whatever the reason. woman pulls out tissues, and then they kind of look at them. And uh, then that's the advert, really. And it's got this in the background. It's got um, it's got a song. And uh, so, I will jump into some explanation here from uh, StrangerDimensions.com. So, the legend of the cursed Japanese Kleenex commercial dates back to 1986, when an unusual but rather innocuous ad for Kleenex tissues appeared on Japanese television. There is something indeed unsettling about it. A woman sits on a pile of straw next to a child who is made up to look some like some kind of ogre or demon. She grabs a single tissue out of the Kleenex box and releases it like a dove into the air, watching it fly away. All the uh, all the time, another woman's voice sings a strange song. Uh, what's it all about? Would this song be some sort of incantation um, to the devil, by any chance, Chris? Possibly in German, the most terrifying languages. So, I'm going to jump to another thing so we can uh, give a bit more on the the song. So, this song, which is in the background, uh, here's here's what it was. So, most people would have heard this before because originally it was a spoken word song and then it got turned into a dance track in the 90s. 
Um, it's called uh, It's a Fine Day, and it's one that goes, It's going to be a fine day tonight. It's going to be a fine day tomorrow. So that one. Um, nice little haunting tune. Yeah, a bit like, um, was it called Joe's Diner? That was that um, acapella oh, okay. song that they turned into a dance track in the early 90s. So in Manchester, 1983, yeah. English poet musician Edward Barton was inspired to write a poem after observing the city from his balcony. That's what this became. He chose to record the song acapella featuring a single vocal track from his girlfriend, June Lancaster. Released independently under the alias Jane, the song will soon be discovered by BBC DJ and Tastemaster John Peel. Archie and Peel play It's a Fine Day on the radio. Ian McNay of Cherry Red Records obtains the right to the song. It reaches number five on the indie charts, becoming the highest ever chart placement for an unaccompanied poem in UK, UK history. Tokyo, circa 1986. 34-year-old actress Kiko Matsuzuka, I'm sorry, uh, Matsuzuka has landed the commercial for Kleenex. The commercial will be one of three 30-second spots for the new ad campaign rolling across Japan. The campaign is an attempt to cross-pollinate the Kleenex tissue brand with the wildly successful manga series Usai Yatsura. The commercial will lose the likeness of Sakura and Ten characters from uh, Asei Yatsura in the hopes of appealing to a younger demographic. So these two characters in this advert are from a manga or an anime. Well, that's interesting because yeah, when, hmm. when I watched it earlier, I didn't really have any of this context for um for what. Okay, so that yeah, because it is it's a it's an odd advert. I mean, I don't. I mean, we'll come on to a minute. You know that that. So that you know, this unfortunately, the the rumor has it that the baby died and yeah. the you know, actress died. So we'll get we'll get into that in a, in a minute. But um, <laughs> the rumor, because it might turn out to be bullshit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's old. I wouldn't say it's particularly haunting. I think it's really this ambient track that's kind of. It, I mean, it sounds. It's a little. It's that kind of eighties um, indie kind of thing, um, and it's now. I mean. It's, I'm trying to think Morrissey's of, quite uh, spooky, isn't he? The, um, <laughs> these days, uh, came out the same thing. <laughs> Pretty fucking spooky these days. Yeah. Jeez, I never thought, yeah, end up becoming a spokesman for fucking BNP, but there you go. Um, no, I'd, what's the, um, oh God, what's that singer? There's an American singer. Um, she did something on the da, da, da video game. Hello. Oh, God, I can't. <laughs> Neil's feigning memory. Um, I don't know. I'll, I should look this up before. Yeah, but just anyway. embrace the, so the one cloak of senility, a... Neil. You may as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm getting that way. Um, I can't. I can't remember. Lane, La, Lana, um, Del Lana, De, Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey. Yeah, she exists. Lana Del Rey. Is that? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's, it it reminded so oh, right. it's yeah, that kind of breathy or you know yeah, yeah. tangerine dream or something uh, like that kind of breathy yeah. female vocal. But they do that. Um, it really annoys yeah. me when they they and do that in adverts a lot. They take like like a good like a fucking David Bowie song or a punk song and then have like a breathy female acoustic yeah. version of it, and it's really annoying. They do that a lot with adverts, don't they? Um, yeah, well, I think I think it's going to be sort of like. 
So I think that, that kind of like is where people are getting the spookiness because okay, the, the baby is sort of like painted red and has a cabbage patch on his head, but well, we're going to find out now. Reason. Oh well, because of because manga, apparently. yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't. It no, doesn't me seem neither. Particularly but then me. you know. I, so I mean, these are what the characters are. So in a flowing white dress, Matt uh, Suzaka will take on the appearance of Sakura. Opposite Matsusaka, a child actor will play Ten, an Oni, which is a mythical creature from Japanese folklore. So they're like ghost Onis, uh, who has orange skin, green hair, and a horn protruding from his head. And why do ghosts need tissues, can I ask? Is it for the exoplasm? Yeah, the same, same reason as everyone else. Yeah. Lonely nights in a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, when the commercial debuted, uh, Japanese television stations and Kleenex corporate offices were bombarded by phone calls from viewers complaining of nausea and dizziness. <laughs> it was widely reported that young children were having severe night terrors after seeing the ads. Cases of suicides and psychotic states became rampant throughout Tokyo. <laughs> Hey, N A. It's better to be talked about than not talked about. Any press is good press. Exactly. Well, that's, that's just you know. So here's and uh, this is like a really weird explanation, right? So uh, many Japan, many native Japanese speakers mistook the English lyrics to It's a Fine Day as German, which kind of makes it feel like they speak German, which, or, I don't know, or maybe, but, you know, it kind of doesn't add up this bit, confusing it with an old Eastern European folk song. So they thought it was an old Eastern European folk song in German. That's what they thought. They didn't think it was a new wave, new romantic yeah. poetry. When translated to Japanese, the mistaken German lyrics were, so, um, die, die, everyone is cursed and will be killed. <laughs> Beautiful language, though, isn't it? <laughs> this, this, I die. I die. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds to me, this is a bit like, this has got, I mean, again, it's sort of like how much verifiable, but it, it feels a bit like the whole kind of like things around these yeah, biggest yeah. thing where if you play records backwards, like heavy metal records backwards, you get so what I so what I'm kind of gleaning from this is the only way that this story adds up is when the advert when the song was played, then they mistook the English for German and they literally translated so you would get the translation at the bottom of the screen. They translated it as German to Japanese, and in German it means Die, die, everything is cursed and will be killed. Right, yeah. you know, I think that's the only way that that could work. Hell, yeah. hell, of, a hell of a coincidence. Hell of a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't buy it, to oh. be honest with you. Um, I want to know as well, like, if I imagine like the Mad Men pitch meeting where they're sort of selling this advert, what Well, I mean, it makes sense like? because obviously. I mean, you've now. Because anime and stuff and is, is huge in. It's huge in Japan, so if they were trying to get, if these are big characters in anime, then it would be like, you know, we have adverts. That, I mean, like bizarrely, 
Like, this is fucking bizarre to me that we have adverts advertising Sky with, like, minions in it. Like, do they think that... Do they, do they think that right, children yeah. pay the fucking Sky bill? It's fucking... Like, know, what is going on? Know, like, or are people, are people so... They've got such arrested development now that they think things like minions are brilliant even when they're fucking 30 years old or whatever. Like, I don't know. What's going on? Society's crumbling now all around us. <laughs> it has angered me. It's like angered you, hasn't it? Kids um, stuff, advertising stuff that costs... I know, like, if it was kids' toys, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? But Or are, are things like the minions, so the, you're um, bit... the, the, betting, the betting stuff with minions, that, that's when you'll know it's returned. Instead of Ray Winston or whatever, going, oh, I like Yeah. Put a, a bit of scratch on. That's good, isn't it? But, yeah. <laughs> Mind you, don't, don't want to put all of it yeah, on. Don't yeah, don't put all your money on. You need some money for the boozer where you can watch the races come in. So yeah, when they start advertising those with minions, then I'll get worried. But um, the thing for me is that the tissues need to be hip. Do they need the youth vote? Do you know what I mean? Because it's pretty much just. I just use toilet paper. Just use toilet paper. I think tissues are unnecessary. Yeah. Full stop. But do you know what I mean? Gonna... Yeah. Well, fair enough. But I don't know. It's not going to be like oh wow, you know. To... But these tissues are associated well, with to be manga, fair, so definitely getting those. There in. is a series of adverts on at the moment for Direct Line, which is an insurance company, and that has and that has uh, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles on it, uh, Robocop on it, advertising insurance, because, um, like, there are different types of insurance. So, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Come to help because yeah, someone's got a plot toilet or something. I don't know. So, and they've already sorted it they've out. They've already sorted out. But that's playing on nostalgia. I think people are in their thirties and forties. You know, nostalgia for those kind of characters. Do you know what the weirdest one was? Do you remember when they were doing? Um, did you ever see those adverts? It had weirdly enough Arnold yes. Schwarzenegger's disembodied head rolling around on yeah. the tank, shouting at people about. Credit card fraud or something. I think that was. you know I think that was actually. I think that was a government advert. Weirdly. Yeah, it was. Although, yeah, I think it might have been. It's just weird because I, I, I'm wondering how much they had to pay on Schwarzenegger for that because it was, was just it? his likeness, or was it really his disembodied head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah. If anyone could, could be. Could if be. anyone could get away with it, it's the DWP like recently. I can't think of another good reason why we haven't had a kindergarten cop too. Actually, I think they did have a kindergarten Back cop. Back in the habits. Um, I think it was, different. it was one of those ones that just opened. Yeah. Or a kindergarten cop three. Um, <laughs> right, I'll carry on. Now. So you carry on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for kindergarten cop two. Although it was... It was the comedian Sinbad. Uh, although it was only aired a handful of times commercially... Uh, the commercial had enough of an adverse response that it got immediately pulled. The 30-second advertisement would become part of a multicultural game of telephone, which I don't know what that is. Game of telephone, so would that be Chinese whispers? That's what, yeah, I think it's the... Um, oh, okay. That's not considered a politically correct term anymore, I don't think. So, yeah, we... Um, yeah, telephone is what they call uh, yes, it's, it's the thing. Resulting in a wide-held belief that the commercial was cursed... Rumours began to spread of cast members who had been driven mad. <laughs> it was believed that 
Matsuzaka gave birth to a deformed child, much like the Oni in the commercial, leading to her hospitalisation in a mental institution. Crew members were said to have suffered violent and untimely deaths, including a camera operator who died after being locked in a sauna. Oh. As the years passed, the mythos surrounding the commercial would expand to a fatalistic stratosphere of folklore. Viewing the commercial became a form of Russian roulette. If you're able to get your hands on a bootleg VHS copy, you ran the risk of being cursed too. Oh, no, Neil, I've watched it! Am I cursed now? Yep. We're both cursed now. (laughs) For a multitude of reasons. Uh... Some claim that if you uh, that if your copy showed the only child as having blue skin instead of orange, death was right round the corner. I'd <laughs> uh, be great though, wouldn't it? If something suddenly, suddenly, yeah. suddenly, you know, something freaky did happen. Others claimed that if Lancaster's soft voice changed to the raspy gargle of an old hag, it's going to be a good night tonight. It's gonna be. Uh, it was only a matter of days before you were driven to the brink of insanity or insania. Neil, little plug there for you. Um, insania hits. Nice. Uh, as the tales grew taller throughout the 90s, the public's desire to find the lost curse Kleenex commercial increased. Fast forward to 2006, after being out of circulation for 20 years, the commercial resurfaces on a new video platform called YouTube. It appears at the time oh, when the concept it. of death by found footage is rampant in pop culture, birthing horror films such as The Ring Fear, and Fear.com, which I've never heard of. The Curse Kleenex commercial quickly amassed over a million viewers, all of who are dead now, of course, introducing itself to a new generation. Yeah. The word of mouth legends around... You see, this is a problem, isn't it? As soon as the internet comes along, all of these legends just die on the fucking vine. <laughs> Um, the word of mouth legend surrounding the question would become forum board thread spawning speculative posts from bloggers believing that the footage contains a demonic subliminal message it's rumoured on torrent sites that if you watch it after midnight in which part of the world um, unexplained power outages will occur others claim that the music and editing will change after repeated viewings a sure sign that the viewers days are numbered what? Well, there's video evidence of that on YouTube as well, Chris. So I yeah. saw a clip where uh, it shows somebody watching it at one minute to midnight, all looks normal. Yeah, then... Really? <laughs> well, no, the, um, the video changed. Yep, the, 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 uh, the voice suddenly became kind of like, yeah, all gargly. Yeah, exactly. You know, he started having all of these kind of artifacts creeping in, the screen went black, and then a pair of eyes. Appeared. Like, couldn't in no that. way, shape, or form could that possibly have been edited by the person. To, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you could go. Spooky stuff. Again, you know, there's evidence out there for you on YouTube. It's up to you. you take <laughs> so, without any context... Your own research. The mantra <laughs> of our times. In the so, without the any context, the anime-inspired visuals and the a cappella song, it's understandable how the commercial... Could be perceived as supernatural, not supernatural, just weird. And I kind of expect weird things to, that are weird that are weird to me out of Japan because we have very not different even, cultures. Well, yeah, it's a different culture, but to be honest with you, it's not even really that weird. It's just you know, it, it's lady in a white dress singing. I mean, the kid looks slightly strange, and they've painted him up and put. It's nothing that head, you wouldn't see if nothing, you, if you watched that, if you that. watched enough Vic and Bob. Really you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, 
can you compare yeah. that to like the tango ad, which I had to ban because kids were slapping each other. That's yeah. So for those who don't know, um, there was a so right. tango is a, an awful orange. It's drink, not orange, but, 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 but not uh, enough rat in it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a fairly artificial, well, let me put it another way, it's a fairly artificially orangey flavoured drink. It doesn't taste very or- much of orange, but it's that sort of artificial orange flavour, sort of fizzy drink. And um, they had a whole series of adverts. No, it was early. In the, um, I think it was early I, 90s, I mean, I, I remember early doing... No, it was earlier than that. Might because I remember, you know, when you've been tangoed with the slaps. And I remember what school yeah. I did that in. So I was in year four when I was doing it. Yeah. Might have been I was, so I was about I anyway, seven. Very early 90s, I think. So that would be 89, 90. Yeah. Okay, I'm a cast. Fairly certain. We can look it up later on. But, um, yeah, basically a big big lad. In a, su- in a sumo. Just come up in slow motion. In a sumo pants. And, yeah, and slap someone around the chops. The idea was is this is yeah. the sensation of tasting tango, kick. tango, but then the kids saw that and thought, brilliant, let's do that. Yeah, so, so as kids, what you do is run around the playground and slap person, sort of. So the slap they were doing was like you're clapping, but with someone's face in between your hands. <laughs> and so you'd run around doing that and go, hey, you know, you know when you've been tango, run off. And then the government had to ban the advert. And they had someone with a big wobble, like wobbles their hands in someone's face instead. Which was less. Oh, yeah. Which was less violent. Was fun. And, 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 and everyone stopped buying Tango. Well, <laughs> um, the reason I thought it was midnight as well. I'm fairly certain I, that that chat was in the, an episode of um, that Chris Evans talk show he had. Um, TFI Friday. Yeah, that's it. TFI Friday. Could have been, but I mean, I may, but that may have been years later. It probably was. Yeah. So. Well, but there you go. That just goes to show you how a slightly freaky commercial sticks in the memory because we're both talking about a probably 30-year-old soft drink commercial that we can remember very vividly. Indeed. Um, you know, so I, I don't think this is, you know, uh, effectively what you've done here is sort of like painted the baby like the tango man and put a leaf on its head and then had a woman sing to him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that out. That's that just normal. So um, yeah. those unaware of the 10 characters... Um, uh, Usei Yatsura assumed that the horned child to be a demon baby, and those unfamiliar with Barton's songwriting thought it's a fine day it was derived from an ancient hymn used to summon evil spirits. It could have been. I mean, they've got acting imaginations, haven't they? So you've assumed it, because you weren't I'm going to have to assume. <laughs> I've not seen this cartoon. Now, either they've put makeup on that child and put a costume on it, or it's a demonic baby. Well, you know. Yeah. I know which one. I know. I know which one. I know. I know. Kind of. I know that uh, these advertising executives are running riot and out of control. And it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them to summon a demon baby to sell tissues. That's what they were thinking. Which is an experiment that went wrong. Maybe a military experiment. Because well, they can't have been the first sort of um, <laughs> weird military people to try and trade with the devil. Weird, weird military experiment. Yeah, demon babies, tissues. Do you reckon that's what it was? It was like a Mancurian candidate thing, and it just it didn't, but it didn't quite, or whatever it was. Operation, that that Operation Shoelace. You get this, don't you, where some bit of pop culture triggers some, like, assassin or something like that. Yeah, could it's be. It's a bit of a trope, isn't it, that you get in some of these things? Could be. Working on that. 
But even, Neil, even with the proper context, there's still something deeply unsettling about the footage. It plays more like a visual pulled from a dream state than a commercial for a major brand. I mean, to be honest, oh, yeah. Absolute bollocks. Go yeah. and watch a David Lynch movie and then come back to me. <laughs> Yeah, Seriously. and also the fact that... Don't watch a razor head and then talk to me about... Fucking the fact that they said, right, these two are characters from a manga thing, I just went, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, well, as soon as you said that, because yeah. that was the one thing that was like, slightly weird. Why have they painted up that baby and put a thing on it said, oh, well, they're, they're from manga. But honestly, the woman, you wouldn't even pass comment on. She's just in a white dress. So fine if that's what the manga looks like, but she doesn't look out of the ordinary no. at all. The, the, the tissue flying up in the air, but whatever. I mean, it's just a tissue in the air. And, yeah, the, the baby looks a bit... I mean, the whole trope but... of that on um, American Beauty. Like a paper... Oh, yeah. A bag. Just oh, no, that, in, was, yeah. that, was, that was deep and meaningful, Chris. Oh, right. oh, I bet that movie doesn't stand up to me. Oh, <laughs> God. So the combination of the sight and sounds... I liked it when I saw it in the cinema back in 2000 or whatever it was, but... Um, I've, yeah. I've seen it and I didn't really get on with it, but there we go. Uh, so the combination of sight and sound create an unnerving atmosphere. There is an intangible sense of it's something wrong here. Again, I didn't find that, to be honest, but I'm dead inside. Most of the rumours surrounding the production have since been debunked, but the pure oddity of the commercial continues to fascinate and haunt viewers. Why is it so inherently disturbing? Spooky tales aside, perhaps a combination of a song inspired by the peacefulness of Manchester and a commercial inspired by the su- a successful Tokyo manga, a merger of two pieces of media from completely different cultures, uh, tonally out of sync with one another, which is what gives it a cryptic resonance. The commercial is forever lost in translation, caught in a strange purgatory that is out of time and out of place. Or perhaps the tales are true. Mm. Perhaps the commercial Can't is cursed. Dinner containing subconscious symbolism and subliminal messages that serve as the catalyst to nightmares, madness, and death. I'll let you be the judge. Watch the commercial if you dare. And that's where it ends. Well, there you go. He's certainly put the, the case for both on, on the table, <laughs> hasn't it? Um, or, or haven't they? Um, so, I mean, I, I... like Okay, so there's a whole bunch of rumours around, like, the baby died and um, or went mad... There's rumours the actress died, but you can debunk that because she's still actually think she's got you know a perfectly good career going on. She's still starring and things. So all of that sort of been debunked. And the, the rubbish about the camera and dying or going mad or whatever it is as well. So the, the, he got he died again, in a sauna. Oh yeah, dying in a sauna. That reminds me of like a death in one of those Hitman games, which is quite cool. <laughs> you can uh, clap someone in a sauna and then uh, oh they're they're fun. Um, yeah, so again, it's the classic. Let's embellish. It's not even. There's not even anything to hang your hat on here. Because look, what what he's trying to claim there is. Oh, sorry, I don't want to keep saying hey. I don't. So what what they I don't know what he or she wrote the article. But anyway, what they're trying to claim there is that you've got this really sort of spooky advert, and also there's maybe you know been a been a load of deaths and stuff involved as well. Well, once you strip out all of the people dying, um, or the horrific sort of like coincidental deaths and things like that. There's nothing left. It's, it's just it's a weird not, advert that basically. It's not even that weird though. It's just it. It's just it's just a, a baby that's got some makeup on. This was written by um, Eric uh, Heher, H E H R, on AquariumDrunkards.com. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. It's, sorry, remember that name again? Eric Heher, H E H R. 
Just thought I'd, um, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd quite, you know, I'd give him his give him his credit there. Well, well, no, absolutely, no, that's no, and, and yeah, that was it was well written actually. But um, also, I'll just interject here to point out that yes, there was a kindergarten cop too. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you, Chris, when do you think it happened? What year do you think it came out? And who was the star? Uh, the original would have been what, ninety two, ninety three, something like that. Was it two thousand and five? Am I higher or lower? I mean, you're not you're not doing too bad. Two thousand seven. You, you, you're you're a bit low. Two thousand eight. Two thousand and sixteen. Oh Jesus! Who was the star? Was it an Arnie like character or? Yes, I'll give you a clue. Hmm. Oh, think think eighties. Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to give you a bit more of a clue Didn't there. Need I think, think kind of like, yeah. Didn't need it. Fantastic. That sounds great. I don't know. I think I might need to give that up. If that's a Netflix, it's a Netflix watch for me, I think. Oh, well, for 10 minutes and then I get bored. This wasn't a good idea after. What I'd say about this advert is it makes... I can see why it got pulled. <laughs> but, I mean, it makes perfect sense. If these were characters off a of manga, but I, yeah. can, I can see why the sort of vocals and stuff could in a different language could seem a bit spooky. Yeah, well, the, well, the cultural track crossover, because if you actually watch the video, it's a, it, like if you if you go back and play the track, it's not like haunting at all. It's just again it's like Tangerine Dream or Lonsdale yeah. Rails. It's that kind of breathy female vocal and the, the vocals are, it's sort of it's in minor key and it's a little yeah. bit sort of whimsical or not whimsical. Well it's a bit wistful. Wistful, you know, yeah. kind of like it kind of that, I mean it sounds a bit that, longing. That kind of thing. That, it's going to be a nice sounds, we'll go and sniff the grass. And but that, but color, that kind of chord, that chord structure is using the dark <laughs> chords. I would say. Yeah, well, it's the minor key. It's the yeah. it's, my, it's the minor key. So it's you could sort of you know, and it's that whole thing. Like, which um, which is which is unsettling. The minor yeah, keys. They so, are unsettling. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And so, but you know, scare the hell out of me now. Majors only, thanks. A bit of light and shade. Um, Just so, yeah. So, so I can, you know, I can like, like you. It's got a bit of that kind of almost adult swim kind of weird thing you'd watch at two o'clock in the morning, and yeah. it was a bit odd. So I could say, yeah, if, if you're coming from sort of like a Japanese context, that song you wouldn't necessarily know about that style of singing, and the kind of like you wouldn't you'd mistranslate the lyrics. I just think they went this advert. This advert's so not very good. Being, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, this is the one thing. I don't, I don't think they would have sold many. I mean, it got pulled from the air not because it was killing people. I think it was because it was a bit of a weird advert. And it's I don't see how it's very con- it, it's it's it, it, it's high conception advert. It's a high conception advert, and that doesn't really work with adverts. Yeah, well, it's just like, kind of like a bit of a mistake, and it's like, oh, just base it on. I mean, that must be some boring fucking manga if it's just like or whatever. It's just. Like, some some little demon kid while a woman sings to him and pulls out some clothes. Yeah, but I think they're just too... Let's have a look at uh, Urusai Yatsura. It would be good, wouldn't it, if that actually literally is what the manga is? Tissue-based. <laughs> <laughs> Kleenex wa- Warriors. Lady in white dress and demon baby. Uh, Japanese manga series. That's what all of the um, Western cartoons were in the 80s after Ronald Reagan... Um, let them put adverts and everything. It just, it was just fucking toy commercials, weren't they? Were, they were, yeah, Heat Man and stuff. It was yeah. um, made by Haribo or Mattel or whatever. Yeah, or what toys or whatever, yeah. Uh, so, the plot of uh, Urasai Yatsura, an alien race known as the Oni, 
arrive to Earth to invade the planet. Instead of taking over the planet by force, the Oni give humans a chance to fight for the right to the planet by taking part in a competition. Oh, that's nice. Like the Predators. Wonderful. The competition is a variant of the game of Tag, or It, as I know it, or the game of the Oni in Japanese, in which a human player must touch the horn on the head of the Oni player within one week. The computer-selected human player is uh, Ataru Moroboshi, a lecherous, unlucky and academically unsuccessful high school student from a fictional uh, Tombiki town in Narima. He sounds like he could become the hero. And the Oni player is Princess Lum, daughter of the leader of the alien invaders. Despite his initial reluctance to take place in a competition, Ataru becomes interested in the game when he meets Lum. Ah, uh-huh, I see. When the com- competition Only. begins, Lum surprises Only everyone by flying away and Atsu finds himself unable to capture... Oh, At- uh, Ataru, sorry. Before the last day of the competition, Ataru's girlfriend, uh, Shinobu Miyaki, encourages Aturo by pleading by pledging to marry him if he if he wins. On the wow, what we get to keep Earth and I'll get my leg over. Fantastic. On the final day of the competitions competition, uh, Ataru wins the game by stealing Lum's bikini top, which prevents her from <laughs> protecting her horns in favour of protecting her modesty. In celebration of his victory, Aturo expresses his joy at now being able to get married. However, Lum misinterprets this as a proposal from Aturo and accepts on live television. Despite the misunderstanding, Lum falls in love with Aturo and moves into his house. Right, few, few questions. <laughs> no, no questions. Despite no Ataru's lack of interest in Lum and attempts to rekindle the relationship with Shinobu, Lum frequently interferes and Shinobu loses interest in Ataru. Still, Ataru's flirtatious nature persists despite Lum's attentions. Lum attempts to stop him from flirting, which results in Ataru receiving a powerful electric shock attacks from Lum as punishment. <laughs> Two characters of Ataru are particularly two characteristics of Ataru are particularly particularly strong. His pervertedness <laughs> yeah. and his bad luck that draws him to all the weirdness of the planet, the spirit world, and even the galaxy. Later, Lum begins attending the same school as Ataru, despite his objections. Lum develops a fan base of admirers amongst the boys of the school, including uh, Shutaro Mendo, the rich and handsome heir to a large corporation that all the girls from Tombiki have a crush on. Despite the romantic interest, none of Lum's admirers will risk upsetting Lum by trying to force her and Aturu apart, although this does not stop them from trying to get Aturu punished due to his bad behaviour and interfering every time they get close to him. So all of that saving the world was just a setup for like a fucking shitty hijinks comedy. Well, I mean, this, this, the original run of these comics, and so there's 34 volumes and it was between uh, 1978 and 1987. That story went on for 10 years. And a TV series of it was on from 81 to 86, 195 oh, yeah. episodes. Oh, yeah, I can't, be, I can't commit to that. No, it's a shame. Isn't it? <laughs> if it was a six-part on Netflix, I'd give it a go. I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, 
And I, I reckon if somebody works in the advertising agency, that was their last fucking day on the job. And they just like, what can I, what can I, what can I get the rights for really, really cheap <laughs> and siphon off the rest to myself? <laughs> Basically, right? There's, uh, there's this weird, weird song in the UK, which is just some woman singing. Apparently, we can get the rights to play that in Japan for 500 quid. It's not costing you much, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> we can get that for 500 quid. John Peel show, and it's been on an indie record thing. But yeah, they're going you know, to give you the rights to that. For, yeah, What's popular? Well, this 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 uh, manga comic uh, is is reasonably popular, but um, they've they've quoted us quite a lot to use the main characters. So what I've done is... Like, there's a baby that's in one panel. There's a baby that's in one panel. Baby. And there's yeah. there's some woman in the background, and they'll let us use both them for five hundred quid as well. So, together, you know, and how much and how much are Kleenex paying us? Uh, two million, lovely, <laughs> nice one. I mean, yeah, again, I wouldn't want to be sitting in that pitch meeting. We have a Kleenex rep. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'd love to be sitting in that pitch meeting if this shit got through. Because I mean, imagine <laughs> you could, you could... got through, you're just trying to explain it to somebody. Do you know what I mean? Well, if they're right, really no mangas big, yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't. Well, that's we the thing. The Kleenex, I have to assume that the Kleenex people were Western and had no idea, and the people were just going, "Yeah, yeah, no, this will play really well in Japan." Seriously, these are going like fucking hotcakes. Yeah, Plus, this is exactly yeah. it. This is the shit. Right. Yeah. This is our first tentative steps into the Japanese market. <laughs> so we'll be guided by you. That's what yeah. we're. I haven't had time to watch any Japanese adverts myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and so uh, we'd like to sort of have a look at the source material. So, um, how sorry, how, how what, 10, 10 years worth? Okay, well, we won't be doing that then. Um, maybe they turned it into a cartoon or something. 10 years, that, yeah, 195 episodes, 100, right? So, okay, I mean, one, it seems really one, popular then. So, this, must, enough, be, yeah, this no, must be well, a real cool word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fair enough. Let's get, get it out there. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, perfect. Apparently, kids oh. are having night terrors. <laughs> and it's making the whole of Tokyo nauseous. <laughs> oh, I should have done that due diligence. They're not going to forget. <laughs> okay, so shall we go through our system? Um, oh, we'll see how this scores. Entry system. For this system, I uh, I've got here a pack of uh, I've got a deck of anime playing cards. Yes, and I'm going to shuffle them, and I'm going to go with the numbers. Number of <laughs> the number of tentacles touching a woman in it. <laughs> from from one to ten. From one to 50. anything. <laughs> There's not going to be many. There's not going to be any zeros, and anything, anything over ten, which is fifty percent of the deck, will will just have to have as ten. Okay, so um, Neil, spookiness, you go first. Right. Um, I mean, there's two ways you can look at this. There's there's the whole kind of like idea of a haunted video. Yeah, because I'll I'll confess, like having watched The Ring. I slightly hesitated before watching this on YouTube, <laughs> and, I, and I know, I know. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you want I some I mean, gravy with that chicken? I mean, for like half a second, but no. Oh yeah, a, whatever. The thing in your head that um, that kind of like, oh yeah, you know, kind of like you know, there on those kind of things, but obviously it's going to be false. But anyway, so so that, that kind of, but that's really a, a kind of a 
more of a, a thing that's come out from from material elsewhere. So the idea of a haunted video, I think, is quite spooky. Um, but this is, I mean, no, it's just it, there's nothing there's nothing inherently weird about the video. It's not it's not trippy. It's not weird. It's not like dream imagery. It's just it's just a, a baby in makeup and a woman singing to him. It's it's if I saw that on TV, I wouldn't even blink a fucking eyelid at it. So. Um, and then there's the other side of it. So there's, there's a trippiness of the video itself, supposedly. And then there's all the associated stories about people dying because they were involved with making it or having kind of seen it afterwards. But as you say, given that it's all been up on YouTube, it's been, you know, thoroughly debunked. So nothing particularly scary there either and all, all easily disprovable. So you know, it's going to be a one for me. Nothing one? Mm. Just That's not true. feeling it. Um, so... I'm going to go higher because the advert, you know, I don't find it particularly spooky, but it's, I mean, it's more than a one spooky because adverts just in general are more than one spooky because they're trying to manipulate your brain. Um, I also think that if it was in a foreign language and the song's in a foreign language and it's playing the minor chords or the dark chords, then I think that would be quite, I mean, if you're just sitting there watching your normal Japanese advert, Chris. if you're sitting there watching your normal Japanese advert and that comes on with no explanation, I think it probably would be quite spooky. Um, I like all the, I mean, you know, it's not, there's all, I mean, there's, there's quite a rich theme of haunted or ghosts in videos or films or hmm. cursed productions. Cursed productions, of course, being anything that Terry Gillingham touches. Um, <laughs> Oh, got that donkey to maybe that'll be <laughs> 900 billion over budget. Um, so I think that it has got some spookiness. Uh, it's not terrifying, but it's got more than some. So I'm going to give it a four for spookiness. So believability, I'll go first. So the advert exists, that, that can't be disputed. I've seen it. Um, so that's true. Uh, the haunting and stuff around it, or the it being a demon baby, um, probably not. But it could be. It could be a demon dressed up as a character from here to to trick us. So um, you know, maybe. Uh, I think in general. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for a four because the advert does exist. Uh, I'm not gonna go any, into it any further because this is uh, the amount of uh, tentacles that are on here and the cards are distracting me. Yeah. <laughs> You've just been a couple of those tens, haven't you? That's true. Yeah. Pocketing them away for later. <laughs> uh, yeah. So again, believability depending on what we're being asked to believe. So yes, the advert does exist, but I think. The urban legend part of it is the um, the fact that this is a haunted video, or and so if this were, you know, so do I believe the 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 thing is haunted? No. Um, do I believe that a bunch of people died after it? No. Um, yes, the video exists, but it's just a fairly uh, innocuous video. Well, for me anyway, it's a fairly innocuous video. So I'll, just because there is actually a video out there, I'll give it a two. But um, yeah, I don't don't believe any of the associated legends. Okay, no. So, Reach, you can go first on this one. Reach, um, unsurprisingly, again, it's another one I hadn't heard of before. Um, although, 
it seems like it's become a bit of a bit of a meme on the internet. So, and I can imagine people having a bit of fun with this. And you obviously, what you can do then is you can play around with it. So, I've seen a video where somebody actually shows themselves watching it after midnight, and the video actually does distort and starts. You know, uh, is is it real? Who knows? Again, I think I've demonstrated how much I believe. So, um, it's probably getting a bit of reach out there. So, obviously, it'll, it'll be presumably it was known around in sort of Japan or whatever. I mm. mean, how. How much you would really have remembered an old Kleenex advert? It must have been freaky, I guess, for people for them to remember it for that long. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to have huge reach because it's it's really just feels like more of a kind of like a bit of a bit of a jokey one. Um, and I think it's kind of a lot of it is probably piggybacking off the back of things like Ringu and those kind of. I, I do find those ideas around, yeah, you know, modern technology being, you know. Wanted and stuff like that yeah. is quite a sort of theme that you get in Korean and Japanese horror movies. But um, that's that's that culture, and yeah, this anyway. It's about believability, isn't it? So, it's reach. Oh, sorry, reach. No, sorry, reach on this one. Um, yeah, because because it's quite there was a fair bit of material and stuff. Like having a bit of fun with it, I'll probably give it a five. Five, okay. Uh, so reach. Um, yeah, I mean, what I like about it is it's an advert from '86, and then. It was sort of, I think it's one of those things where an advert, get, you know, comes on and it's a weird advert and it gets pulled really quickly and then people just build up a story around it. Right, yeah. that's fun. But the story kind of continued, continued, continued. And then the advert, someone actually got hold of it and put it on YouTube and then it kind of sparks a whole new thing. So I think that's quite good. And it's got lots of views on YouTube, so people obviously know about it. So the reach is bigger now than probably it was originally in Japan, sort of globally. Um and for it to be known in Japan, you know, it's a you've got a lot of people in Japan. Got what, hundred and twenty million people or something like that. Um so I mean there isn't there doesn't seem to be anything, any films or anything off the back of it or C V series, but um again it's one this one isn't like a complete internet one because it was there already and it's been yeah. reinvigorated by the internet so i think i'll go with you and i'm going to give it a five on reach um yeah. i think if it wasn't for the internet it probably would be less well known yeah i agree yeah so narrative premise so yeah i mean it's all right it's all right you know haunted you know or cursed advert that's quite new to me that's an original premise uh i like the fact it's attached to a big brand because that's just funny to me because you know big brands are generally horrible um <laughs> i like the story that somehow someone thought they were meant to be translating german rather than english and the translation from german to japanese was Die, die! Everyone is cursed, or something like that. <laughs> rather than, rather Fairly than on the nose. Rather, yeah, rather than it's going to be a nice day. I'm going to have a salad or whatever. Though <laughs> it actually was in English. So, um, yeah, that's quite. You know, it's quite a funny premise. It's quite, you know, the narrative, the narrative of then all the horrible stuff and the woman giving birth to uh, an actual oni. <laughs> Uh, do you know what? Like, it's all right. It's quite fun. I like the whole uh, linguistic balls up, mix up part of it. So I'm going to go for a five for that. Neil? Yeah, so there's, there's not a lot here for me. Um, 
but yeah, there there are some fun sort of aspects. So I mean, the one thing I will say, I I do like the um, I I had heard of that as a sort of dance track that tune, but mm. um, that Orb Three or something? That wasn't the Orb. It was, no. it was some some dance act in the early nineties. But um, I've never heard the acapella version. It's, no. it's quite a fun little tune, so worth worth looking up on YouTube. Um, what was it called? Brad and we can stick it in there. Don't know. Just like listen back if you want to know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so I like the tune. Um, that's the, that's my big takeaway from it. Narrative in terms of that. Again, the kind of. I mean, I guess if if this was like the first of the the sort of haunted or cursed kind of advert things, so it, it very much reminds me of the ring. But I guess given that it come back to the eighties, if this if this was an origin of some of those things, and that's quite well, all, the concept of like a cursed videotape or something like that, or a cursed advert, is actually quite a good narrative for me. Mm-hmm. That's why they've had about four of those ring films. Um, so that, that that's that's quite cool. Um, the rest of it though, there's not really that much more to sort of you know people dying on set and all this sort of thing. Or well, giving birth to an Oni is quite quite a good one. Um, that's that's quite an interesting. Um, Part of town. I mean, but people going mad and dying and stuff is just you know I've seen that before. Um, dying but doesn't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Although, yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just assume that it was quite an original, quite an original uh, part of the um, the sort of the, the cursed advert thing or the um, the, the cursed videotape was um, you know was, was less common at the time. So I think that's quite that's quite a cool um, little. Um, Little, little little twist to sort of uh, the hauntings and stuff, uh, those kind of sort of um, tales. So I'm going to then bump it to a five for this. Five as well. Lovely. Um, so just to let you know, the song was, it's called It's a Fine Day, and it was released under the alias just Jane. Um, okay. So that gives it a total score of 31 out of possible 80 um, legend points. Not too bad. Um, let us know if you have any of your own theories or have any uh, heard of any of these uh, haunted videos. You can email us at herb, which is urb, dot legends, dot pod at gmail.com. Um, but beyond that, what I would say is if you're watching uh, a Dadaist advert with... Uh, a baby made up to look like a cabbage slash horned alien. Try not to get nausea and have night terrors. Indeed. And that's it from this episode of Urban Legends. We will see you same spooky time, same spooky place next week. We might. We might. We might. Oh, yeah. If our corpses aren't found. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah could happen if we if we manage to survive having watched a video then we will be back if not uh you know help yourself to my stuff if you know where i live because i don't need it goodbye bye